0: everybody. We've got another episode of uh, Real Freedom Stories. And today we've got Clint Muhlenberg on. And Clint works with a company called Level. And Level provides uh, virtual assistance for folks in real estate. And uh, he's got a great operation going. And so we just want to talk more about that, talk about his past in real estate, how he got where he's at today, and where he wants to go in the future. So welcome, Clint. We're so happy to have you. Why don't you just take a minute and introduce yourself? Hey, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me. So I am Clint Muhlenberg. I'm the founder of Level.
1: We are a virtual assistant recruiting and staffing agency that helps uh, realtors, agents, support people, and, and really anybody in any industry help with a getting an administrative marketing or operations hire, but a, a true hire that's on your team, not just somebody that's a task doer that you pass things off to do. So uh, we've been around for a few years now
0: um, and have so far built up a team of over 100 people in that short time. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. And, and we'll we'll dig a lot deeper into that and, and how you're able to grow so fast. Uh, but why don't you just talk about first how you got into real estate? Um, how did that first opportunity come up and, and maybe some of those early years for you? Yeah, so I got
1: into real estate probably about 20, I think it was 2015, uh, with one of the largest, actually one of the largest uh, top 10 worldwide Keller Williams teams. Uh, prior to that, I was actually in the school bus transportation industry, um, working operations, basically going to any location they sent me across the U.S. from anywhere from one day to one year and just fixing issues, fixing whatever issue they happen to have, financial, operational, uh, with employees, HR, it didn't matter what it was. There was something that they sent me across the, across the world or across the U.S. to just to fix. Um, but looked like, uh, you know, when I was leaving there, I really wanted the challenge, I wanted to change. I didn't want the, the same, I felt, like I was stuck in what I would grow personally and professionally. Um, I wasn't getting challenged enough. Uh, and that's when I actually got connected with another Keller Williams team. Went through the entire you know, five week long process that they did for recruiting and eventually turned down the offer with them. Uh-huh. Uh, just didn't seem like the right fit for me. So they actually connected me with uh, with another team that said, hey, this, this might be a good opportunity for you. Uh, met up with them, met up with the owner there. Um, just kind of sat around and chatted. He explained everything going on in his world, everything he wanted to do, everything that wasn't getting done, everything that was kind of chaotic. And that spoke to me. Uh, the chaos, the uncertainty, the, hey, go figure this stuff out and just bring us the results really spoke to me. Uh, and we basically shook hands right then and there with, uh, with an offer and, and kept going forward.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting to hear hear you talk about you know what appealed to you as the opportunity and being able to to kind of calm the chaos a little bit. Um, You know, I I was in similar shoes. I know other people who've been in those operations roles are are kind of in that similar vein where, you know, they they may have been bored because they weren't challenged enough previously, or they maybe have been there long enough and just wanted a different challenge, Um, but they like the idea of there's enough stuff here where I feel like I can stay busy, I can stay challenged, I can work on stuff. Um, and, and so I know I, that your message resonates with me. Cause I was in that same boat where I feel like, okay, I, there's enough here that I can, can stay busy with, um, yeah, the chaos absolutely was by far what I wanted. You know, I love dealing
1: with chaos, with this order, with, with the unknowns. Uh, I've never actually had a job that had a job description. Um, that mm-hmm. wasn't one that I came in and had to create. Like I came into every job with kind of a, an idea an understanding or, or maybe a, a, a target but nothing defined, and that's what I loved because it was so moldable, and I wanted to mold and grow grow as fast as possible. So that was perfect for me.
0: So why don't you share a little bit about your your time on the team, and then maybe talk about how that transition happened um, to where you moved on from the team?
1: Yeah. So I, you know, I had worked. I started off as the the operations manager, was in that role for about a year, switched over to the chief of staff role for another year. Uh, and then eventually left as the, the vice president of finance and administration. Uh, so I was really I had my hands in everything on the back end, everything that didn't involve actually being an agent. Uh, I, I touched at some point during my time mm-hmm. there. Um, and I love that. I mean, I grew a ton. I learned a lot. Uh, but ultimately, I wanted to stick more operationally. That's where I've been for, for all my life. That's where my skills lie. That's where my passions are. Uh, and ultimately, we determine hey, look, the business is having this need for more finance stuff um, and less operational because operations kind of the pathway is already paved and taken. And I said, well, my finance level is, is great, but it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be what, what's needed. It's not CFO level of a massive business like this, uh, nor do I intend it to be. So how about we, we make a transition? So I actually created a transition plan over a couple of months that would say, hey, here's how we can transition my stuff to other people, remove, delegate, you know, eliminate, whatever. Uh, and we, so we, we started following that plan and actually took over five months to do so. Um, which was awesome because it allowed me to go and start level during that meantime. Um, Mm -hmm. As we transitioned out of that business, I was able to start transitioning up into what level has now become. Um, But really what I wanted to do was I was consulting with people. Um, I went out there and I was consulting with a lot of people in the real estate industry and some outside. And basically my, my thought was, Hey, how can I go into a business and help them versus just give them an outside perspective, but really do the work with them. Mm -hmm. What I found was most businesses I chatted with, their biggest ultimate need would always be solved with a hire. Their biggest and every need they had was not putting a system or process in place. It was putting a person in place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I always chatted with them about their opportunities to hire, what their challenges might be, where, where they should go, what they should hire, how they should hire, everything like that. A lot of the times I was talking to people, they would recommend, you know, I'd recommend hiring somebody overseas, specifically from the Philippines. I've worked with, you know, dozens of people in the Philippines at the time. And I recommended, hey, hire somebody from over there. I'd hear one of two major things. One, we've tried it and it didn't work out. And two, uh, I don't know how to. Uh, Well, number one, laugh makes me laugh every single time. Imagine an agent or a team owner saying, well, we've hired a buyer's agent before and it didn't work out. So we're never hiring a buyer's agent again. You hired a person that didn't work out and they, you know, you'll never hire that person again. But not, not to say that the whole culture, a whole group of people should be discounted because it didn't work out the
0: first one. So I wasn't aware that there was any turnover in real estate. So that's news, news to me that <laughs> somebody had a buyer's agent, that didn't work out. So you'll never hire a buyer's agent again, I'm guessing. No, the, the role's broken because the first person that we hired, it didn't work out. So that means something's wrong with, yeah. the, with the role itself.
1: Yeah, but you never you never go back and actually investigate what happened. You just automatically assume it was the wrong thing. Versus going, did I set them up for failure with no training, no no guidance, no job description. Mm-hmm. It is a very easy way to set somebody up for failure if you don't if you're not clear and they're not clear on what the the role and duties actually entail. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we really started doing. We started I started basically saying, Hey, look, I've done this before. I have a little bit different way than than the other companies I've I've used almost every major company out there, I've actually worked with every other major company out there. And I said, I do things a little differently. Um, mm-hmm. Let me help you. I've got some great people you know, that I know, let me help you do this. Uh, and so I had a lot of people to start saying, okay, help us. Uh, so I started just putting systems and processes in place to, to kind of help people. And I said, you know what? I really get a lot of, uh, I, I'm very passionate. I get a lot of joy and, and, and uh, gratitude from from helping people because I know that when I help somebody, It's not that I'm helping the clients. I'm helping the person in the Philippines uh, with somebody that actually now sees them as as a real person, that sees them as uh, a member of their team, that sees them as a long-term job opportunity prospect. That's not getting coached or taught by somebody that you go pay $2 an hour and they do whatever you want, but you pay them fairly, you pay them competitively, and you actually have a role, like I said, a job description written up for them that says, this is what you're going to do, which is really what you want with leverage. You want to be able to say this is now yours. You don't want to, have to say, hey, Mike, I got a bunch of stuff on my plate. You can have uh, this come back to me when you're done. Then you can have this. It's never going to be a role. It's never going to be a strong suit to somebody. So uh, really just started doing that, treating people like people, uh, treating them like any other team member you ever hire uh, and just really focusing on the actual employee versus on the client. For long-term success, and I think the model is so simple, but it's worked for us.
0: And for those folks that maybe haven't used a virtual assistant in the past, um, when when you're on their side and you see how they've been treated, you know, I've I've been in some because when we attempted to hire virtual assistants, you know, we were in the job boards where jobs were posted, and you'd hear virtual assistants talking about like, yeah, don't use that company because all of a sudden like they just stopped paying me and they never told me, you know, like. Would would somebody in the U.S. do that to an employee and just like stop paying them and not tell them like oh yeah your job's done or like you know all of a sudden they they wake up the day and their access is gone and nobody's communicated to them about you know hey we decided to change the role or or even like we closed the role like they never even tell them they don't pay them for anything like that's just not how people should be treated and so to know that there's this whole population of people out there that are helping real estate agents that get treated like with that treated like that. Um, that's, that's, that's not the way we treat people here. So it shouldn't be the way that we treat people there just because they live a few miles away from us. Um, there's still a a virtual phone call. It's the same, you know, if, if Clint, you and I were sitting side by side, it's the same as if I was talking with my, my virtual assistant. So why should we treat people differently? Yeah, it's it's honestly sad, Mike, that that has to
1: has to be one of our benefits that says guaranteed pay. You know, the fact that if you do work, you're going to guarantee get pay. Like, Mike, if you did work for me and it was good, it wasn't great. I'm not going to withhold pay from you. You and I agreed to something and, and you worked those hours. I'm going to pay you. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if that relationship stops, then that's different. But not paying somebody for the work they've done or stuff that you committed to. It broke my heart that that was one of the kind of things that, hey, here's a benefit. Regardless, if our client pays, we're going to make sure you get paid. Like that was
0: that was kind of a big thing for people. Yeah, the bar the bar is pretty low, and so you're certainly raising raising the bar.
1: Yeah, I think uh, having that sort of guarantee was was big for a lot of people. I mean, we offer quite a bit of really really powerful ones. Uh, the big one, obviously, is kind of what you said is like, hey, you could come in one day and your your job could be eliminated without you even knowing about it uh, through no fault of your own. You know, it could be mm-hmm. that people just haven't been seeing you you know talking to you so they don't even imagine you there doing work so they just let you go cut off your access forget whatever Uh, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately does happen with us every person that we hire on gets job security if they uh if their client terminates for any reason that is not performance related that has to do nothing to do with what they've done then we go ahead and help them find their next job right then and there
0: so so talk a little bit more about um freedom for you in 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 you know aligning yourself with great people, building a company where you have great people, you have great clients, um, what is this going to do for you with your long-term goals as the result of building it out? And then we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, your your employees um and 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 the freedom that they can see by by aligning with you. But but talk about what does this mean for Clint long term?
1: <clears throat> yeah. So Mike, uh back in the day, even before the show team, I've always been a workaholic. I just, I love working. It's, it's something I'm really passionate about, you know, going in college and go to school. I never enjoyed homework, but I loved working. I had a lot of jobs during college just to keep myself working. I really always enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was on this real estate team, there was, there was a time where I was working, you know, 10 hours below 12, 14, 16 hours a day, you know, I'd be picking up my phone on the weekends, evenings, whatever. And I think a lot of people do that. I think that real estate realtors and admin, do that to themselves they they work themselves to death because they don't set the boundaries up they they want to work they know that work is productive or they feel that uh, that working is productive that busy equals productive which it doesn't uh but they work themselves too much and that's what happened to me uh i remember waking up one morning um during that real estate career probably about four or five years ago now and uh i was in the girl and we had a a little chihuahua at the And I open up the back door to let the Chihuahua out to go outside and I go and start making breakfast. Uh, and I come back and open the back door and I've actually lost it. I've lost, I've lost my girlfriend's dog mm-hmm. and it's not because like I left the gate open or anything else. It's that the weeds in my yard had grown up to be about this tall, uh, which was double the height of this little dog. So eventually I see this little thing hopping through it and I realize, wow, I've completely neglected something as simple as getting my yard done. I wasn't even doing my own yard. I'd call somebody to come do it. I neglected that type of work. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just weeds at that point. And I go, wow, something, something needs to change. Something really needs to change inside of what I'm doing and, and how I operate and how I'm treating all my other relationships, which must be going down the drain if I'm focused solely on work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I started getting really obsessive about learning about leverage uh, and leverage of all types, you know, not just hiring, but but technology and, and and delegating, and and just really trimming the fat off your plate. I mean, how often have you ever had like a, a grocery list, a to-do list, or something you've just been keeping paper tabs on, and then you lose that list? You never ever really care. You remember like one or two things on it, but it's never a big deal. Like Mike, you and I were just talking about tabs on your computer. If you close all the tabs right now and you couldn't reopen them would it really change what happens? Would it really change or impact the most productive priority things in your world? Right. Likely wouldn't. Uh, and so that's why I got really obsessed about, okay, how can I, how can I work less? How can I delegate? How can I do this? And that's kind of when I started looking into making hires and virtual assistants and, and learning as much as I could about that and why people were, were doing it wrong and, and how just, just a simple relationship changed, changed everything. So I got obsessed about that. And so when I when I came and started helping other people, that's kind of the mentality I use is, how can I help these people do more of what they want to do? And hopefully it's not working more, but it's gaining their time back, gaining their freedom uh, back to do what they want to do when they want to do it with who they want to do it.
0: No, that's great. I mean, it, it, it's such a valuable lesson that now you've, you have had to learn about freedom. You had to learn about leverage uh, personally. And now you've got a company that does that for others. So yeah, so talk a little bit about um, you know, just the, the types of services that you provide for a real estate agent, and then how that helps the, the agent or how it helps the team. And then talk too about uh, your, the virtual assistants that you employ. Um, what does that mean for them now working with you versus working with, you know, directly with a real estate agent or um, through some other company?
1: So the number one uh, aspect or, or categorization of person that we hire for any type of real estate or real estate related company is an administrative hire. That could be an administrative assistant, executive assistant, uh, transaction coordinator, assistant transaction coordinator, junior, TC, whatever you call them. There's, there's a lot of different administrative roles. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the ones we hire for all day, every single day. We, we constantly have a list of, of at least a dozen people we're hiring for in those types of roles. Um, what that really does is it helps get all the back-end work off of people. So, regardless if you are in real estate as a an agent or on the back end as an admin, there's a lot of of back-end work that needs to be done that doesn't need to be done by you. Uh, mm-hmm. I find those are probably the quickest and easiest roles to start leveraging and to start getting some help with. They're the you know they're the $10 an hour roles, not the not the ones that you were hired for. Or that you work for when you're 25, 50, $100 an hour person, you shouldn't be doing the $10 an hour jobs. So, this really allows them to start leveraging off the back end stuff. A lot of people, you know, when they first hire somebody, may be uncomfortable. who will this person do it as good as me? Will they speak on my behalf? Will they talk like I talk? You know, things like that. Nothing I'm really concerned about. This is just a great way for them to ease into the to the delegating. Uh, but the best thing you can do is actually create a role, not just say, hey, here's stuff on my plate that I don't want to do, that I'm not doing, that needs to be done. Don't do
0: that, but actually take those things and create a role based on them. Um, right. It's a job description, not a task list. So correct. put together a, a long-term job description of what this person's going to do, not the, I need these five things off my plate in the next two weeks. Yeah, stuff on your
1: plate is not a tile you put on your business card. Right. You know, chief of stuff on, on, on Mike's plate. That's not something I would do. Uh, it helps to kind of know what's going there. But as I said, Mike, if you just start handing me things, you handed me something that takes 10 minutes, that takes 20 minutes, that takes 30 minutes. Eventually, you're going to hand me something, you're going to look at it and go, this is going to take me time to train him. I'm busy. Uh, okay, what else can I pass off? And you're going to be looking around for stuff to give me when I'm like, Mike, I'm ready. But actually having a role, so it's not that I'm just taking stuff off your plate, but I'm owning things in a role uh, leads to long-term success with leverage. So
0: what that really and does for- In their shoes, like, yeah, I'm going to want to be a part of this long-term because I feel important. I feel included. I feel like I've got a path for where I'm going in the future. Um, that's a whole lot different than this person gives me this task list and then I just do it. For those of us that are in support type roles, like we love- when the people we support have success. Like our success is through their success because some people don't want their name in bright lights. They don't want to be the attention getter. And yet in a support role, you love when that person succeeds. So if you cast the vision of like, hey, we're, we're side by side, we're accomplishing the vision of this company or the vision of this, this role or whatever it is together... Now they've got vision. They've got there's a lot more buy in there. They're going to show up as a better version of themselves because they feel included in what it is you're trying to accomplish.
1: Yeah, the more you can cast your vision for somebody, regardless of the hire, especially when you hire somebody remotely, to to see what they're really getting into. What is it's not here's the work you're going to do. It's here's the impact you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you keep if you keep talking to me about your vision and what you want for the company and what you want for me and and my goals and how those can line together you're just building dedication between us and that's that's true for any role. So if you're hiring a virtual assistant, it's not what stuff do i need off my plate right now? It's it's what vision can i cast that somebody wants to join me because now that's long-term benefit for you of somebody you know the stability of somebody staying with you. And it's long-term growth opportunities for them. How many people love having a, a, somewhere they know, hey, in 5 years, we're going to have a great relationship still.
0: We're going to take a brief pause from our episode for a second. Hi, this is Mike Swenson. In addition to running this podcast, I also run a real estate team. And as you may know, there's lots of great agents across the United States, and there's also some agents that aren't so great. So what I want to do for you is to put you in touch with a top-notch agent no matter where you live. So whether you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home anywhere in the United States, we're here for you. Fill out our form at EliteAgentReferral.com and we'll put you in touch with a top-notch professional agent no matter which state you live in. And if you happen to live in the state of Minnesota, we'll be happy to serve your real estate needs. So make sure that you reach out to me at EliteAgentReferral.com. Thanks. Now back to our episode. So so talk a little bit then about the success that you've seen When, when your virtual assistants work for a team or in an individual agent, like what are some of those, those wins, some of those success stories that you've heard? We've, we've had people come up and say how much their business has grown. We've had people say that
1: their, their revenue or the income is, has gone up. We don't use numbers because we don't track that. We don't care. Mm-hmm. What we really care about is the impact of their life. Hey, I've helped get my life back. I've helped, you know, what this has done for me is I'm spending more time with my family uh, I'm spending more time on the things that matter most to me. Maybe that's growing a business, maybe that's their family, maybe that's the kids, whatever it is. That's what we love to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that they're happy, that the person they're working with is happy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hey, before this, and that's one of the probably the biggest things we have is, is our actual virtual assistant success stories. The people that said, look, you guys, you know, we pay competitively, we we offer benefits nobody else can offer. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we really do care about people and the fact is we've seen people move from you know apartments with five of their family members to their own house. We've, we've seen people upgrade from a, a desk this big with a laptop onto it to a, a full rig you know a full computer monitor keyboard everything and they love that you know that's that's productive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen people go on a vacation. Like how amazing is that that somebody's like, I haven't had been able to go on vacation one because of funds. And two, because I don't get time off. Like if I don't work, I don't get paid. With us, they get paid time off. You know, they're able to take that and actually go on a vacation. How amazing is that that somebody's like, I took my first vacation and I can't tell you how long it's been. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are are some of the biggest wins is when people come and tell us how their life was impacted versus how much money or or how much business they're getting.
0: Yeah. Right. And, And it's one of those things where coming back to you know, treating people just like you would if they were sitting side by side, like you would want your employee to take a vacation. And so, so that should be the same thing just because they may be, you know, miles and miles away from you. You still want that person to to take a vacation because they're going to show up better for you when they're on, when they're on, because they've had time off. So why, why would we expect the virtual assistant industry to be different? Um, than the, the non-virtual assistant, because right now in COVID, guess what? We're all virtual, right? So, so we're all assisting other people in other ways. We're all virtual assistants, so we should just treat them that same way. And by yeah, way that it's it's, I think it's pretty clear I'm, I'm working for my home.
1: like right. That's what virtual assistants do. So uh, I am a remote worker, virtual assistant, remote worker. I don't see myself as any different than anybody else. Uh, in fact, I see every single one of our people as they're working down the street from me. They work from home, a couple doors down. That's it. There's no different from them working across the world to them working two doors down from me. I can still call them, I can still text, email, hop on a Zoom
0: like this. There's really no different. Just a different time zone, which exactly. You like, and you guys work through that. Literally. So what would be what would be one of the things? So if you know, if I said, "Hey, Clint, um, I I'm totally bought in on having virtual assistance. Um, I think I'm just going to try to do it myself um, and 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 cut out." <laughs> cut out the middle person, right? So what what would be the uh, the benefit that you provide at level um, that takes stuff off of people's plates versus me trying to find somebody myself?
1: Yeah. And I think that's been trained and coached and talked about a lot. I mean, there's even companies out there that says, hey, we'll just do the recruiting for you. And then you just hire that person directly. Uh, nobody has ever talked about this. And I'd like to bring it up. Uh, the only other person that's talked about this is actually my lawyer. Um When you hire somebody here in the United States, if they're in a different state than you, you have to comply with that state's employment laws. So, for example, I'm here in Texas. If I hire somebody out in California, which has a lot of employment laws on the behalf of the employee, I have to comply with those. Mm -hmm. There is no difference when you hire somebody in another country. You actually have to comply With that country's employment laws uh, which is why i think a lot of people don't so there's a lot of risk people take on with hiring directly you don't know who you're hiring you don't really have a way of background checking them uh, or any other way to say this person is really truly honestly who they say they are with the work that they say they've done a lot of people will will get a a friend of a friend type thing which is i mean i've never ever once gone and said hey you have any friends that want to come work with us bring them in you know I always like, I, I think it's, Easy, badly. it's easier on the front end, but you're going to pay for it on the back end. Always, always pay for it on the back end. Um, but really, they. I think that's kind of one of the biggest overload things. Um, otherwise, how often do people actually make hires? Once a year, twice a year, maybe as high as three, four times a year, if that for, for administrative or other types of roles that are non-agent roles, it's not very frequent. And so when you have that, one, you have to have a process. It's probably a process maybe you got trained on from a, a company or you've learned or you've heard or you've kind of just think through it. Okay, I need to call, I need to do reference checks, I need to you know, uh, uh, screen them, that type of stuff. But they don't have a fully defined process that they do all day, every day. We have a team of recruiters, that's all they do. You mm-hmm. know, I think on average, when I see people hire direct, they end up going through two, three, four people that they hire on that don't work out. Uh, and have to continue re-going through that process so it takes probably about somewhere between 20 and 80 hours of their time up front to find the long-term fit we take that on Mm -hmm. Uh, next is you know when you hire somebody overseas a lot of people are like well i send them an agreement that has private privacy confidentiality says the term says everything goodness are you going to fly them over here or are you going to fly over there if something goes wrong You have no protection against it it's not worth the piece of paper you're signing uh we actually have companies in both countries to able to protect everybody Uh, and that's what we really care about is we care about somebody being protected on both ends we want that person to get paid we want this person to get the work done so uh when it comes down to you know risk we take all that on for you Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people look at it as hey i can save a couple bucks well we're actually getting more transparent with our pricing we want people to know hey we're not there's a reason why we're one of the lowest costs out there. It's because we're one of the lowest overheads out there. We're on a mission for people to really see the Filipinos that they hire as true team members, as true employees of their business, uh, mm-hmm. not as you know, not as just task doers. So we've made our prices so competitively low to pass on all the benefits we get to them. Uh, we offer super competitive wages. They're not the $2 an hour that you get told to go higher for. We mm-hmm. offer something you can't offer, which is, uh, company paid medical insurance. We offer really good company. It's the same as it is here, Mike. If you were going to go get private insurance on your own, it'd be more expensive and worse. Mm-hmm. When the company pays for it, it's better and cheaper. We mm-hmm. provide it. We pay for it. We do everything. We offer them benefits. We offer them a better exchange rate than anybody can get. Because as I said, we've got over a hundred people. We can negotiate exchange rates. You know, for country to country. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we can. The list is is really endless with how much we can actually offer uh, both parties, you know, job security for the one side, um, uh, the, the security that, Hey, we're going to help you both parties, make sure things work out. You know, we have a very low, low, low ratio of somebody ghosting, meaning that they just don't show up for work one day. We have very low because we have multiple ways to actually reach out, contact them, find out if something's going on or something's happened. If there was a, you know, a medical emergency, a family emergency, something, we're able to find that information out and actually help them and support them versus. Mm-hmm oh man, this person just left me and is never coming back. I guess I just won't pay them for the work they did mentality. So there's a lot of really good things. And ultimately, the the benefit of hiring somebody, regardless of of whether you do it through level or another agency, far, far outweighs the risk, the time, the the energy, the commitment you make anywhere else uh, by doing things on your own. It's just, in my opinion, even if you don't go with us, go with somebody else, it's 100% worth it.
0: Right, I mean it's 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 leverage at the highest level because you've got you've got that leverage, you know, you don't have to learn how to do all these different things, you just align with people that do things better than you, you know, and and you don't have to learn it all yourself. Um yeah, you you pay a little bit for that, but at the same time, uh you're you've increased your odds, right? Like the fact that you have um great relationships with hundreds of people in the Philippines the likelihood of finding somebody that's going to be a better fit is so much stronger than if I try to to just hire one person myself there doing my own way. And, and even if I've got a good system figured out, like you mentioned, things like the exchange rate, things like the employment laws, um, now I don't have to worry about that because you've taken care of that. And so yeah. we can accomplish more by using each other and helping each other out and, and going through you versus me trying to do it on my own.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, even as far as a tax perspective goes, I'd say a lot of the CPAs you talk to, if you tell them you have somebody that you're hiring overseas, they're not going to know exactly what's necessary to, to make that okay. I'm gonna be honest, the IRS doesn't like to see your money just go overseas with no trace or trail of it. You know, They're very curious as to why your money's leaving. So uh, when we first started, I knew about those types of things. And I went through CPA and CPA and CPA of chatting with a bunch of people until I found one that says, oh yes, I do know. Here's exactly. And started mimicking and talking to me about the things I already knew were to be true. It's a, I would say probably 90% of the people I chatted with did not know about that. And if you are sending money overseas already through PayPal, TransferWise, another company where you're not protected and you know they're going to ask you, okay, well, how do we send a 1099? You can't. So there are things on there. So if you don't have a CPA, if you currently have somebody hired overseas
0: and you don't have a CPA that knows what to do there, you need to find one that does. Mm-hmm. And I love what you, you know, we were talking about COVID and how, you know, obviously that that changed the face of employment um, and changed the face of a, a lot of jobs. So um, for you, you stepped up and, you know, it kind of comes back to, you know, what what you really believe in, which is, you know, treating people well. And when when you look out for their best interests, they're going to be rewarded um, based on, you know, how you treat them. And so talk a little bit about what, what COVID did for your company and, and how you adapted through that.
1: Yeah, so back in uh, March of 2020, there was a, a a message spread across to the real estate industry that basically said, "Hey, this is the time to start slashing your your expenses to really focus." Uh, the message was was heard as people included, um, you know, really look at every person and not protect them, but really just slash whatever you don't absolutely 100% need Uh, Mm -hmm. and we felt that pretty hard um especially when it comes to virtual assistants so we had uh goodness between march and april we had i think about 30 people lose their and this was not when we're at 100 people we had about 30 people lose their their jobs um Mm -hmm. in the blink of an eye and so what we did was um the first thing we did was we actually have an employee hardship fund for every you know, medical emergency or, or, or some sort of natural disaster or something. We always have a hardship fund that we spread out. Uh, we poured into that. We over quadrupled what was in there and then just gave it all away. We gave it to every single person saying, hey, we know your family is not able to work right now because there's a, a quarantine in the, in the Philippines. Here's extra money to support you and your family during this time. Uh, mm-hmm. So we drained that. And then for those 30 people, we said, hey, we are going to bringing on new clients and stop recruiting uh, the only clients we'll bring on are ones that are looking for your role so we actually stopped bringing on new clients and we stopped recruiting new people until we actually flipped and went out and started finding jobs for each of those people mm-hmm. uh, turned out that over i think we took 12 or 15 of those people uh actually reached out to some competitors and said hey we have these people Mm-hmm. Let me show you their skills. Let me show you their, their resumes. Let me show you what they've been working on. Let me show you their everything about them. Mm-hmm. Can you help them? And they said, yes. And so we started actually helping our people get other jobs because we told them, we said, we want you here. You know, it's great to have you as part of our family. And ultimately, we know what's important to you is that you have a livelihood that you are the provider for your family right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and So we, unfortunately, you know, had to help 15 people go find jobs elsewhere um, but we didn't actually start bringing on anybody new any new people any new clients until we did that
0: and I think that's so great because it's it's you're practicing what you're preaching and and you know we we don't often have times you know our values aren't tested until they're tested you know and and you got a chance to live that out and to show people that you cared for them and and if for some reason you weren't able to um, provide them a job through you you found them a place you know and so I think that's great so um so kudos to you that's that's awesome and i think it just shows, the, the culture that you're creating with leverage and support of people um, moving forward. And, and I think the reason why, you know, I wanted to have you on is, you know, when we talk about financial and time freedom through opportunities in real estate, people are such a, a key part of that. And you play such an important role in providing great quality people um, at a, a, a very competitive rate that can truly take their business to the next level. You know, we always talk about if you've if you're doing all that you can do and you can't do anymore, you're probably missing a person mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to, to really take your business to the next level. And for a lot of those people, it's it's partnering with companies like you um, that can can really help provide the support. Because like you talked about, um, not only are you providing a great opportunity for um, the virtual assistants, but you're helping people get their lives back, too. Because, you know, if, if they hire a virtual assistant for 40 hours a week, they've just opened up. What, what was on their calendar, you know, to where they could they couldn't truthfully eliminate 40 hours of work on their plate um, because you've provided this great opportunity. So it's just a perfect match of need and meeting the need. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. we
1: never, I love the, the, you know, you could open up 40 hours, you could, it's not the thing you're going to, that's up to you. You know, you and how you manage and delegate and how you, you let go of things in your business and how you grow and everything. There's, there's companies out there that, that offer, that say, uh, double your business with a virtual assistant. We'll never claim something like that because I think that's unfair to say you're going to hire somebody and they're going to double your business. No,
0: I think that's a, a two-way street. So uh, because we're also talking about, you know, Clint, the person, um, you know, and we're talking about building wealth. Tell, tell us a little bit about, I know you've you've done some investments um, in in real estate as well. so so let's just take a take a couple minutes and touch on that. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, so I actually bought my first house. I must have been 23, 24, I was pretty young. I bought my first house. Uh, it was great. I just wanted a house. I thought it'd be cool to own one. Uh, basically my brother, my older brother took me aside one day uh, when I was you know, I had my first you know grown up job type thing at twenty two or something like that. Um, and he said, you know what's gonna happen is a lot of your friends, they're gonna make more money, you know, they're going to be earning money. It's going to be the most money you've ever earned because you've been a student and everything else before this. So it's going to be a lot more than you've ever earned. Most of your friends are going to go out there. They're going to buy a car. They're going to buy their, spend their money. They're going to go out and do fancy stuff. He goes, that's fun, but I'm getting, he goes, that's not really going to like, it's not going to make you happy. It's going to be temporary. It, it's going to lose you money. And so he said, you know, it's really cool though owning your own house and being the first of your friends to own that. I was like, that does make sense. And he said, and he told me about being an asset and how I could, you know, appreciate and everything. So I was mm-hmm. like, that sounds cool. So at 24, I bought my own house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of years later, when I moved out of, of Dallas, I sold it. And I think after like two years, maybe just over two years, it was hundred and I think $40,000 or something like that. When I bought it, and I sold it for like 170, and now I've got 30 extra thousand dollars. And I bought it for about 3000. So I was like, wait a minute. How do I how do I have thirty thousand dollars right now? It's like this is cool. I was like, okay, let me think about this. So I started reading a lot of the books, Rich Dad, poor dad, things like that, you know, uh, since starting with uh in real estate, you know, millionaire real estate investor, hold shift, things like that. Uh and so I started going to strategy. So I bought my next house just outside of Austin a few years, uh probably actually right when I moved down to Austin back here in 2014 or so. Um, and then I decided my next house. I'm going to move into and make that my primary one and turn this one into investment so that's my current strategy right now is is buying properties that i'm going to enjoy living in that are going to make really good rental properties in the future and so i just slowly trade up trade up trade up uh to to you know when i get some cash to go and take the cash get a you know get a loan and get a new property and that way i'm getting the primary interest rate on my house i live in um i'm getting a, a great rate on my my investment because it's not an investment property it was a primary property to turned into investment. And so that's my current, current strategy is kind of just the, the trade-up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I love the beauty of that where, you know, you, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to go buy 50 rental properties and flip them because your, your focus is on running your business. And yet at the same time, you can still be smart with other parts of your, how you spend your time and, and other investments that you have. And so it's, it's simple um, it's repeatable and, it's helping you to grow wealth in addition to what you're growing with your company. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that the people, oftentimes I even
1: looked at, you know, I'm always getting people sending me investment opportunities across the U.S. Uh, if I had gone back to when I was 24, the first thing I would have done would have been probably buy a duplex or quadplex. I think that would have been a smarter move for me as a younger person. I think that's a, such a smart move, especially for people in college, if they can, uh, to try to get that loan. Otherwise, Looking, you know, because you live in part of it and rent out the rest, and have them cover your your mortgage and rent. Um, Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I think it's really good to look in other areas of the U.S. Things are moving. Uh, San Antonio is just down the street for me. It's an area I know. The price point's much less. It's easier to kind of get in there if you're looking for that. To try to buy an investment property in Austin right now, you're going to have to come in, you know, with hundred thousand over asking with cash type thing. So it's rough. Um, but if you want the investment, if you want the properties, I mean there's houses on either side of me that never went on the market because somebody had the tenacity to go and door knock and basically say, it looks like you uh, you know, your house is a little run down. It's like, are you considering selling? Would you consider to sell it to me? Uh, and people have done that. And I think one of the houses around me was wholesaled, you know, somebody just signing over the contract. Uh, mm-hmm. Other ones have been bought by investors and you can see exactly, they look all the exact same, they do the exact same work for every house, but they flip them quickly and easily. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity. You just kind of got to determine what's the right path for you. And for me, it's, Hey, let's, let's earn a little bit and move up, earn a little bit, and move up. Yeah. Yeah. More, more important to me is the, uh, the freedom I currently get.
0: Right. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the future then, you know, how do you see, uh, your life and, and your company here growing over the next five, 10, 20 years?
1: Yeah. So I know I mentioned before, I've been in operations. I'm a systems guy. So everything we've done from day one has been putting in scalable systems, really things that allow us to to go from 10 people to 100 people to 1000 people without breaking everything. So that's what we've been doing. You know, we've always put in systems that continually grow with us. Uh, So the fact is, yeah, we came in at a very low price point. We're playing the long game. That's beneficial for you. Do you want to hire somebody and then have to hire somebody in three months and hire somebody in three months? And, you know, we take the bank on that because you're paying us up front, you know, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, and we just do that work. We can go for the quick dollar every day. There's a lot of companies out there that do that and promise you a lot of stuff, but they, they will show you that, hey, over the long term, they don't have long term hires. They can't show you that. We're in it for the long term game. So we don't make a lot, though we are in it to help support people from the long term. And that's really how we, we scale. Yeah. Uh, is by doing a lot of things with a lot of people. So that's what we're going on for here. But really for us, it's more about how can we make that long-term better? Uh, so as I mentioned, we we instituted um, medical insurance for all of our people. We actually decided based on feedback from them that medical insurance is great. Medical insurance for, for them plus a spouse or a child is better uh, and is needed. And so we said, you're right. We get it. So what, that's what we did. On January 1st, we said, hey, we're going to give everybody medical insurance plus a dependent. Um, you know, we're constantly looking at ways to do things. We've gone through, we've changed just who, how we pay people four different times because we got fractions of fractions of fractions of, of um, exchange rates higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the one that we use allows them to use their own bank. They don't have to use PayPal. PayPal, by the way, charges you to get money if you're overseas. You get one of the lowest exchange rates. You charge to send it. They charge to receive it. They get you know screwed on the exchange rate. You know we've been constantly looking at how can we do things faster, better, and more beneficial to them. So everything we're doing right now is literally how can we make this the best place for them? Because we even have people now coming and bringing us people saying, "Hey, my friend wants to work here. How do we? How do we help them?" We got friends. We got this person. Uh, that business went out. They're, uh, they're amazing, TC. Can you interview them? Like people are bringing us people all the time and that's what we want.
0: We want to have somebody love working here so much that they want their friends to work here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's simple, not easy. Like when when you provide a, a great opportunity, you treat people well, it's gonna naturally blossom. People are gonna want their friends to work with you. Um, when you provide great service for the agents, they're gonna need more assistance because they see the benefit of that. And so it's just gonna be this, this cascade of impact um, that you get to leave because you you do the right thing the right way. So um, so we're excited to see where that goes. Um, for those people that are interested in, in reaching out to you, either your story has resonated or they're interested in what Level has uh, to provide, how can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, so first and foremost, everything we put out is on our website. Literally, we're transparent about everything. So our website is asklevel.com. Uh, and of course, reach out to me, Clint at asklevel.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story. Uh, We really appreciate it and and, and really appreciate all that you're doing for the virtual assistant world. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. All right. Thank you. Hi, this is Mike Swenson. In addition to running this podcast, I also run a real estate team. And as you may know, there's lots of great agents across the United States. And there's also some agents that aren't so great. So what I want to do for you is to put you in touch with a top-notch agent no matter where you live. So whether you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home anywhere in the United States, we're here for you. Fill out our form at EliteAgentReferral.com and we'll put you in touch with a top notch professional agent no matter which state you live in. And if you happen to live in the state of Minnesota, we'll be happy to serve your real estate needs. So make sure that you reach out to me at EliteAgentReferral.com. Thanks.